Hello again everybody and welcome to the Retro Monster Truck Review. I'd like to start off this episode by giving a huge congratulations out to the 2021 Hall of Fame class, Mark Hall, Tim Hall, John Moore, and Bobby Holman. Each of those guys is incredibly deserving of this honor and we couldn't be prouder to have them represented inside of the International Monster Truck and Museum Hall of Fame. This week on the show we're going to cover Minneapolis 1989, a topsy-turvy event in the sports history. Thank you as always for the likes, comments, and subscriptions over on our YouTube page, the follows on Spotify, and of course the Apple iTunes 5-star reviews. I'm also working on a few giveaways for the podcast as well. If you happen to be an RC fan, you might want to stay tuned to our Instagram, at RetroMTReview, and our Facebook page, the Retro Monster Truck Review, and see uh, if maybe there's something that might interest you coming down the roads as far as giveaways go. Uh, do follow those pages on your social media platforms. Without further ado, though, let's bring in Matt Stoltz, and let's get into the Retro Monster Truck Review of Minneapolis, 1989. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen, Friday morning, and this is your daily dose of the Retro Monster Truck Review. Well, I shouldn't say daily, I should say weekly, <laughs> as we got Matt Stoltz here, and Matt, we're covering Minneapolis 1989. We covered 88 last a uh, couple, couple episodes ago. 89 is completely different than what 88 was. It really is. It's different in the way that the show happens. It's different in the way that it's presented on television. We're here on April 15th, 1989, kind of a late date for a stadium show back then, you know, it's kind of after first quarter, but that's the date we're working with at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome for the Goodyear Wrangler Super Bowl of Motorsports. That's right. We're in Triple H's Metrodome yet again. I am the game! I wonder if they pay Hunter an extra amount of money just to use... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, produced by Bud Sports, as you said, we've got Kim Brew and Mike Galloway in the booth, probably... I would say USHRA's JR and Jim Ra or JR and Jerry the King Lawler kind of deal right there. Those two were just magic together in the booth, and they are exactly that for this episode. We're up in the chilly northern tier of the United States tonight, here in Minneapolis at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, because tonight the Ford Budweiser U.S. Hot Rod Association Truck and Tractor Pull Championships, featuring the Battle of the Monster Trucks, is on the air. Hi again, everybody. I'm Ken Brew. This is my partner, the now seemingly mythical Mike Galloway. And tonight, Mike, what a lineup. Four-wheel drives, two-wheel drives, and some great monster trucks. Got a tremendous lineup. There's a tr great group of four-wheel drive trucks. Then we're going to have a wheel-standing shootout. We're going to find out actually which one is the best in these wheel standards. And then we're going to get down to that supercharged, crazy racing, get-down-and-get-with-it monster truck. We've got 10 of them. They'll go under time the first round. They'll bring eight of them back, and then they'll go through a bracket. They'll have one winner tonight, and it's going to be very exciting. Matter of fact, we're right in front of one of those trucks here. This is the AMPM Rocket. Let me ask you about the wheel standards. Now, what's that all about? Well, they're going to set the sled so that they'll wheel standards will pull the wheels up and drag the sled with the wheels up in the air. Now, this is not like the two-wheel drive competition. This is wheel-standing competition. One that pulls it the furthest is the winner. That's what it's all about tonight. In other words, wheelies dragging a whole lot of weight down the dirt track tonight. Oh, and it's going to be good. And the best part about it, it's free. 
they do a great job and they recorded these shows for bud sports in what's called live to tape so they were doing live commentary as the event happened and it was all being recorded and then it would all be edited afterwards for time as they needed to so it was all a live call and it brings a real authentic feel to the broadcast and you know it's something that doesn't happen as much anymore i think monster jam's kind of doing it now but uh, you know i'll i have my own opinions on how the broadcast crew is there but it's it's not as organic as these guys are i'll say that much yeah i agree this is a very organic booth that we have right here between ken and mike ken brew is always one for those uh those one-liners that make me chuckle every now and then and mike galloway as they called him in the tnn motor madness days the professor of truckology getting his phd right here uh, we started the evening off with some pulling trucks. I'm just going to go ahead and name all of the trucks that were competing. And those Tumbleweed with Tom Griffin, a, an excellent-looking vehicle, by the way. Barnstormer 2 with Mark Martins. No, he's not Mark Martin. It's Mark Martins. He didn't race NASCAR. Blue Max, Wally Harvell behind the wheel. Animal with Len Hunter. Uh, Dusty Rose, a really cool-looking vehicle driven by Sarah Luckin. Uh, small change. I love the name, and I love the Ken Brew analogy here. That we're Ken Brew uh, one-liner we get right here. Hey, that's what I get when I take Mike Galloway out to dinner. <laughs> I love that truck. It's uh, El Camino, and that's one of the trucks I remember seeing as a kid at pulling events as well. And then, of course, the Gambler with uh, Kevin Finneran. I know I'm going to butcher that name behind the wheel. Uh, Mark Martins actually wins the thing with Barnstormer 2, 191 and six inches with the pull right there. And a really amazing pull. Nobody really went the full distance on the track with these uh, these pulling machines right here. The Barnstormer. Actually, it's the Barnstormer 2. 69 GMC. The ninth year of pulling for Mark. His original truck uh, is this one. But he's redone the, uh, the back end. And he's redone the front end. And he's redone the cab. So it's really his original truck in spirit only, I suppose. Well just about like any other pulling vehicle you've ever seen, and that is the simple fact that at one time or another, every piece on it has been redone. I asked him how he got started. He said, well, as a kid, I loved horsepower. He always asked his dad to gun it. Well, he is ranked very, very high this year in the points championship. Having his best season. We can see why he's having his best season as Mark Martins in the Barnstormer 2 is a force to cope with tonight. Yeah, we're working on a pretty short track here in the in the Metrodome, not a full 300 foot like you'd have outside, but the sled guys got it right. They didn't have a whole bunch of them going out the gate, and they were getting pretty close to the end of the track, just, you know, furthest distance wins. We had a wheel standing pulling exhibition. They say we have five vehicles, but we're, really, we're only shown three. So I don't know if there were two other vehicles that just didn't make it on a TV or what here. Uh, Mike Galloway describes the winner of this is going to be the one that pulls the furthest. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Galloway-ism. We got the Budweiser Avenger behind, and behind the wheel is Gary Collins. It's a funny car machine. And we've got the Hot Rod Lincoln. I absolutely love the look of this vehicle driven by Lynn Luckin. 1988 Lincoln it uh, pulls all the way, but it doesn't really wheelie in this run. And then we've got, of course, the master of the wheel standing pull, and that is Alan Gaines in the Orange Blossom Special. And I love that his first pull that he does, he comes out and just does one of those Fred Schaefer-type launches all the way down the pulling track before he backs it all the way back up, and they hook him to the hitch. Well, here is the man, internationally renowned, Alan Gaines Jr., 
and the Orange Blossom Special. Mike, there is no bigger name in this sport. Wait a minute, Alan, you forgot the sled. Yeah, Alan started kind of doing that in the later years of, you know, these pulling shows on TV. He'd kind of do a a dry run, show the power of the truck. It was a cool little thing that they added to the program here. And I just love watching that Orange Blossom special when the whistle blows. And then all Alan brings the front end up, takes it all the way down the track and sets it down real easy at the end of the pulling track. And we've got two guys here that are going to go to a pull-off. He is the man, but he is also the wheelie king. And it will be real interesting seeing him go down the track now. If you are not attuned to Alan Gaines, he is driving without shoes. He is uh, a barefoot driver. And at the end of the run, we'll see Alan get out and brandish his boots Watch him just, to the crowd. He'll stand still, raise the truck in the air, and then take off. Very unique style. There's the whistle. Is the original. You know, when, when we were in Orlando for our show earlier this year, Alan took his crew out to see the Orange Blossom Special, which is a train that is parked now in the Orlando, Florida area. And like the truck, it's beautiful. It is. He needs to go a full fall. There goes the front end up. And look at this. Truck hasn't moved. Now we're going to take it and run. It's Alan Gaines, the wheelie king, and he's going to defend his title tonight. The little 37 oh, all over the track. Oh, 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 he's out the door. Full pull, no doubt. Watch this. Look how easy. Oh, Just man. Set down on the track so smooth. Yeah, it's going to be the Hot Rod Lincoln, who I said really didn't do a wheel stand. He just pulled it all the way down the track. And then we've got Alan Gaines here yet again doing another phenomenal performance, pulling that wheel stand all the way down the track. He does this twice. I believe Alan Gaines's runs and pulling were really just an example of controlled chaos. Because you'd pull it up into a wheel stand and you'd just wonder, how in the world can this thing stay straight? And he proves it right here. He stays straight the second time. First time, not so much. He's kind of a little all over the place here. But the second time, he makes it all the way down the track and just a complete, full, straight-on pull. Uh, true showman. You know, Alan Gaines getting it done here in the Orange Blossom special number two. And it shows, you know, the spectacle of the U.S. Hot Rod Association with these wheelie trucks doing, you know, a competition. I'm not sure how necessarily legit the competition side of this was or, you know, if they were just doing it as kind of an exhibition thing. But either way... The wheelie trucks going all the way down the track, it really puts on a good show for the fans at home. That it does. And speaking of exhibitions, the Budweiser boss pulls out here with a Ford Aeromax body on it. And what was really interesting about this pull, Matt, was the fact that when he's pulling, he's got flags on the back. You would expect to fly the correct direction, which would be flying backwards. But no, these things actually fly the other direction due to the aerodynamics of this body. This is the Bud Boss. The new and improved Bud Boss, Gary Collins couple of years ago went back to the garage in El Dorado Springs and said I gotta come up with something just a little bit bigger and a little bit better and he did he came up with his 3,000 horsepower two 540 Keith Black Hemis a value of in excess of a hundred thousand dollars and where do you see this thing run unbelievable Aero Max 9,000 Ford heavy truck what the Bud Boss cooking He's on his way. Whoa. Ho, 
Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you, the sled driver was hanging out for all of his life, too. Oh, boy. Did he make the turn as he headed to the tunnel? Gary Collins and Ken, no doubt a full pull, but I hope we can see this on replay. You're going to see something truly amazing. It looked like watch, he had a plane to catch. Watch Gary Collins. If you could see the flags on the back of his truck. He leaves with the sled. Boy, he is on his way and really hooked up. It's flying. Look at the flags. They turned around backwards. That is the aerodynamics. The flags are actually what should be flying the other direction. But see how they're, they're sticking out there. Well, the wind coming over the uh, top of it turns the flags around. That just goes to show you how aerodynamic that is. Look at the flags going the wrong direction. There is the Budweiser boss, Gary Collins. Yeah, the flags turn around and... They faced into the cab, showing how the aerodynamics of that new Ford Aeromax body works. And he, of course, is going to top the box and take it all the way off the dirt onto the pavement on the stadium. That's exactly what the Budweiser boss would do back in the day. It was always an impressive sight to see on television. If you ever got to see it live, I envy you because that was a, a very unique machine. Impressive as hell vehicle really is. Uh, we go to commercial and then we come back and we're here for what we're going to be talking about for this show. And that is, of course... The Battle of the Monster Trucks. Man, we've got 10 of, you know, some of the best trucks in the USHRA stables here. And unfortunately, we don't get to see them all on TV. The Bud Sports broadcasts were, you know, putting polling and the monster trucks all in one show. We don't get to see any of the mud racers that were at this event. Don't know who was there for that, but we've got a, a stellar lineup here. We've got a, a track that's, you know, getting a little bit more even as these USHRA shows progress, they've got two even lanes. It's a little bit more laid out than some of the other tracks that they used to do in the previous years. It's a U-turn track. They're going down a concrete straightaway on either side of the pulling in the mud tracks, an inward U-turn, and then an eight-car jump with ramps, and then the finish is about another 40 feet beyond the end of those cars. Yep. In 1988, we actually had a, the same style, of course, a U-turn course. We'd start on the pulling dirt and then transition onto concrete. Here we're actually turning outside in to come in in Minneapolis. It's a little bit different look and arguably a much better field than we had the year before with 10 trucks. We've got Bigfoot 7 with Jim Cramer. It oddly looks a lot like Bigfoot 4. I even made the comment to you when we started talking about this show. I thought it was Bigfoot 4, but they've got the uh, Bigfoot gray rims on there. The Bigfoot uh, 4 cut Goodyear's on the truck. It looks very similar to number 4. Yeah, they've got the tires off of number 4 at the time here, and I'm not sure... You know, maybe it's due to it being after the first quarter. It's April. They're switching some stuff around, but they didn't really run these wheels and tires on Bigfoot 7, to my knowledge, much, if at all, beyond this show. It turns out that it's not exactly the best combination for the track we have here. A cut of or a set of cut Goodyear's not looking all that great on this slick concrete. It's just like J Concepts blue and gold compounds. You really don't want that gold compound out in the dirt. And you really don't want that blue compound on the slick concrete like we've got right here for uh, Jim Cramer. Barefoot racer Fred Schaefer. Another different tire cut right here is these are almost like racing slicks. They are a flat tire that are really going to help uh, Fred Schaefer get around this course. The Goodyear turf tires, Fred, really the first one to experiment with them in his main point was they're lighter they're a good bit lighter than the terras and they're a little wider a little bouncier which would be to his detriment and he wouldn't run them for what not even half of a year and then he kind of threw them off to the side and went back to the cleat you know terra tires but he's uh trying them out here this you know beginning of 1989 on the new race truck the truck i think 
for a leaf spring truck weighed under 10,000 pounds, which is really impressive. Fred really pushing the limits of the horsepower, you know, big engine under the hood of the barefoot racer, but taking a lot of weight out of the truck as well. We've got Skull Bandit with Gary Sarton behind the wheel. And I got to tell you, that is just one beautiful looking machine out there. That all black Skull Bandit was just a truck that always just made me really happy to look at. It was an intimidating truck to look at as well. The Golden State pickup parts vehicles, you know, Seth Dalton's crew, always a showpiece, no matter which of his vehicles roll into town. We've got the Skull Bandit here and the rebuilt AMPM Rocket with Jim Rice. Yeah, AMPM Rocket suffered a pretty hard impact, and I believe Anaheim uh, just a little bit before this uh, wins the race against Bigfoot, but kind of loses the war as they have to go in and replace the entire frame on the rocket so it can keep going in competition. Yeah, and Jim would have issues in Anaheim a couple years in a row. You know, in 1990, the first night out with the Ecology Eliminator there. Unfortunately, that race not televised. The afternoon show the following day was, but the Ecology Eliminator takes a big tumble in Anaheim in 1990, and they have to run the truck in gray primer for the rest of the indoor, you know, beginning part of the season. Uh, so, Jim, their hometown show in Anaheim there in the Los Angeles area, they always wanted to show up good. They put on a show for sure, but it cost them a couple years in a row. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, another guy, master of disaster, Doug Spanier, no stranger to the Retro Monster Truck Review. Awesome looking truck, always runs well. First Blood with Rob Fuchs behind the wheel. Kodiak and Mark Bendler, Evil Force with Ray Perkowski, Heartbeat with Brett Engelman, and Mr. Twister rounds out your field. Yeah, it's unfortunate we don't really get to see Mr. Twister or Kodiak at all on the broadcast other than just sitting up in the pits. But like we said, we're kind of have an accelerated program here in terms of what we show. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of things that happen here in qualifying and there's a big story that builds throughout the show. Oh, yeah. And the first big story that we need to talk about, of course, is Bigfoot and Barefoot. These trucks line up against each other here in qualifying and they're going to take the top eight trucks into the show. So, as Matt said earlier, Mr. Twister and Kodiak, we don't see them because they were the bottom two that don't make it into this bracket. However, Bigfoot and Barefoot right here, this qualifying pass is probably the most highlighted thing from this show. As uh, both trucks come around the corner, Fred gets a whole shot. Bigfoot and uh, Jim Cramer comes back on him. But, boy, when they go into that corner, both trucks push really wide, and both trucks make some pretty hard contact. This is qualifying, but they're only going to qualify eight out of the ten. Greg Schaefer on this side, Jim Kramer on the other side. Schaefer out of the hole, and what a shot. And it's going to be tough. They're going to have to move some trucks. Watch out, they're together. Oh, man. They've bumped. Bigfoot and Barefoot have bumped into turns, and this is in qualifying only. Now, their problem is there's a little bit of dust on it. There's dust on the track, and Bigfoot went into the slide. They were both sliding, and they came together. Look at the tire. Look at the right, left front tire on Bigfoot. It is absolutely mashed. The Bigfoot truck came out on the worst end of it as he shut it down right there. It's got a severely bent wheel. Mike, also, that was one thing, but the turn back where the other monster trucks are is awfully tight. In fact, Schaefer almost took out some monster trucks that are just sitting there waiting to go. Well, I believe they may want to uh, revamp this situation a little bit. May want to move some trucks. Bigfoot, now I don't know what they were going to do on it. Bigfoot goes ahead and crosses the finish line, but here's the deal, Ken. The two slowest trucks go home. 
it's an absolute monster of a hit as Fred goes into the corner. Mike Galloway expresses the concern. He goes way wide and that they're going to have to move some trucks because he almost slides all the way right into the pit area. Fred he almost does. slides into heartbeat and something to point out too is barefoot's coming around that corner. Heartbeat's right there. And somebody, I can't make out who it was, was actually standing right next to the left front tire as Fred's coming full song around that corner. Yeah, those guys were a little bit close for comfort, for sure. And there wasn't a lot of room down there anyway, but we see both trucks sliding. We go from the barefoot shot panning or, you know, switching cameras over to see Bigfoot and then smash the the left front of Bigfoot tags into the right rear of barefoot. And there's a huge collision coming out of the corner. Yeah, so huge that it actually bends the rim on Bigfoot and does the same on Barefoot's uh, right rear as well. Barefoot fires up, goes over the cars first. Bigfoot kind of sits there for a little bit, and then Jim Cramer fires the truck up and goes back over the line. Uh, One of the crew guys actually checks out the damage on Bigfoot before he comes over the finish line right here. Uh, Thing I found funny was Fred comes over the finish line, his door flies open, he takes out one of the finish line poles. Oh, it's pandemonium start to finish. And it's incredible that these guys didn't have any catastrophic damage that you know dislocated the axle out from underneath the truck or something. They hit so hard. Bigfoot 7's a heavy, heavy truck, probably upwards of 14,000 pounds. You know, even with the cut tires on it, it's upwards of 13,000. So barefoot, again, probably just a hair under 10,000. But you got two trucks smacking into each other like that. At that speed, with those forces square on the axle housings, it's amazing. There was no severe damage. I think that's what John Pyant was doing down there on the floor, checking the truck out before they had Jim, you know, fire up and go over the line and across the cars. And Mike and, and Ken are saying, hey, this he gets across the line, but this isn't good news for the Bigfoot crew. They may not make the show. Exactly, and that's something that we need to point out right off the bat. Bigfoot won the year before here in Minneapolis, and now it is in virtual danger of not being in this field due to that heavy impact right there. Uh, we we scroll on to the next race that we have right here, also from the qualifying round. Skull Bandit, AMPM Rocket, two team trucks right here. As we said, last time we saw Rocket on TV, it was completely destroyed in Anaheim in January. Uh, Mike discusses the incident with Jim Reese right here. Basically, the entire frame needed to be replaced. It was bent in the accident. And boy, when you look at that footage and you see that truck, he launches over the set of cars and just catches another dirt hill right there. And it basically just folds the left front tire right underneath the truck. His tire is really right underneath the door of the truck. Now, this round will feature the Scold Bandit and the AMPM Boss. Gary, well, there's the AMPM Rocket. Jim Reese doing the driving. Yep. Jim Reese from Santa Ynez, California. 72 Chevy pickup. Matter of fact, Mike Galloway had a chance to talk with him just a little while ago. Thanks, Ken. Well, I'm with Jim Reese. And Jim Reese, last time we saw you with this truck, you beat Bigfoot in the finals out in Anaheim. But, boy, you really hurt the truck. It looked like it destroyed it. How bad was it? Well, it was pretty bad, uh, Mike. We had to replace the entire frame. We bent it up pretty good. But... She's back now, and she's a lot better than she was, Well, Jim, are you after Bigfoot tonight and then be able to drive off? Would that be kind of like an ultimate challenge? Yeah, I think so. You know, we're, we're doing real good. We've, we've only faced him once, and we did real good. We had a little problem, but I think we're going to come back on top again today. Tell us a little bit about the AMPM rocket. Well, the rocket uh, 
is a 72 Chevy and it, it has a big motor, 540, fuel injected, uh, 871 supercharger and uh, kind of a new suspension idea that we came up with and uh, it's working real good, it's a real competitive truck. Jim Reese is one of the quality monster truck builders in America, and on top of that, he's one of the better monster truck drivers. We're going to see how he does tonight in the AMVM Rocket. It's a painful shot to watch. I mean, you see these trucks, they're work of art, each and every one of them, and Jim did a lot of the building himself on these trucks. Kudos to him. He's a Hall of Famer, and always had those things looking beautiful they bring out the brand new ampm rocket for that show in anaheim and they completely destroy the thing and uh i'm not sure how long it was before they had the truck going again i'd imagine the turnaround was fairly quick we're here three and a half months later the truck's looking good again but man a lot of damage that required a complete rebuild right off the bat yeah, it's pretty bad for a brand new truck. You got to go and rebuild it again right afterwards. Uh, Kim basically says, "Hey, Seth Dalton really can't lose here. He owns both trucks. He's not wrong." And we get a heck of a race between these two. They both come out of the corner very smooth, and they hit that straightaway. And it's really all about horsepower as soon as whoever gets to the cars first, really. Yeah, and it's interesting to see. You know, some of the cubic inch differences were a little bit off on the graphics and stuff. That said, the Bigfoot had a 640. I think they were running a 540 in Bigfoot seven at the time with the triple carburetors, though, making a lot of power. And we see the close up on Skull Bandit on its fender. It says 580 cubic inches. They had that thing bored out as far as they possibly could, and they they I think I had a 540 or a 572 in the rocket. So they were really you know, big engines, the trucks work really well. They get down the straightaway nice, just like you said, nice and smooth. They get around the corner, they're kicking the dust up, but they're not sliding that hard. Uh, they didn't put it into the full four-wheel drift like Bigfoot and Barefoot did. Yeah, Bigfoot and Barefoot were full, well, not even really a drift. They just pushed straight through the corner with both front and rear steer turned. These two trucks, they make it out of the corner very well. They make it down the straightaway, and when they come across the line, the angle that we get really doesn't, show really doesn't give us justice as to how close this race was they say skull bandit really wins the heat but boy looking at it it's just so hard to tell jim reese has a brand new baby at home three months old and uh, gary doing the driving of the skull bandit gary starting starting excuse me gary starting both of them supercharged big block chevrolet's art car turbo 400 transmission and they're tough they're very tough. Ironically, both from the same hometown in California. Well, the trucks are owned by the same man. Seth Golden out in California owns both of these trucks. So Seth can't lose on this. Seth can't lose on this one. He's qualifying. They're side-by-side, side, hard-running action, but they're both of them on the buyers, keeping them in bound, keeping them slowed down a little bit, not charging real hard. But look at the jump. Look at that. Go Bandit oh, truck. That's Go Bandit. When's that heat? Beautiful jump. Yeah, I think Gary got a little bit of a better bounce coming off the cars. And if the finish line is where those poles are, which is where I think it is, I think that's where your uh, your finish line. And I'm going to call Skull Bandit the winner. But it's still a qualifying run. They're just getting into the show. And two smooth runs will get it done here in the Metrodome. We cut to a segment right here uh, between Ken and Mike in the booth, and they're arguing over whether or not Mike is going to get the Bigfoot card. Of course, they're talking about these trading cards. And I'll go ahead and play this full audio clip right here. It's, it's really entertaining listening to these guys, almost like kids going back and forth over trading cards. And what's it going to take to get that Bigfoot card? I want the Bigfoot card. You can't have the Bigfoot card. I'll it's you, my Bigfoot card. Tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you Bigfoot Fast Track, Master of Disaster, 
and heart. Nope, 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 nope. It's my Bigfoot card. I want to hold on to the Bigfoot card. Come on, Ken. I'll give you I'll give you three for one. You got Goliath? Yeah, I got Goliath. You want Goliath for that one? You got Outlaw 35? I got Outlaw 35 in here, but I don't want that. I want that you Bigfoot card. You got Carolina card. Crusher? No. You don't have Carolina Crusher? I don't have the Carolina Crusher. Would you like the Carolina Crusher? Yeah, but what am I going to have to give you for it? Bigfoot Fast Tracks. All right, I'll do that. We have the Bigfoot Fast Tracks. Okay. All right, that's fair. Now, what do you want for me? I want... I want the Bigfoot truck. Bigfoot? Yeah. Okay, you can have Bigfoot. Okay, what do I have to... $100. No way! I just got these cards. Well, I just got my cards, too, but I got Bigfoot and you didn't. Do well, you know why? Why? I know Bob Chandler. Well, you must know him better than I do. Bigfoot trading cards, and I don't have Bigfoot. What we're talking about here are the official trading cards of the Monster Truck Racing Association. It's a an association out of St. Louis, and they now have trading cards out for virtually every monster truck. And there, there's got to be, what, about 200 of these things? Oh, at least. They have Bigfoot, and they have Goliath, and they have the Mopar Magic and the Black, Black Stallion. Stallion. I mean, all the big monster trucks that you see when you go to the truck pulls all around the country, well, now they're out in trading cards, and I guess, Mike, they'll be on sale at uh, a number of these events. Well, evidently. Now, back to that uh, Bigfoot card. You can't have it. There is absolutely no way I will give you the Bigfoot card. No way. Oh, all right. Okay. There. Thanks. I'm happy. <laughs> no, you're dopey. I'm happy. All right, Matt. 100 bucks for a Bigfoot card. Is that really what it's worth? Even back then? Uh, that's what Chris Romanis would try to sell it for anyway. You know? <laughs> uh, he, I love this segment, the Leasley trading cards from 1989. Um, you know, interesting for me to see that they are promoting these cards on the show for USHRA because USHRA wasn't an MTRA member. You know, they, they kind of helped with some stuff with the MTRA, but they weren't an official member like TNT Motorsports and, and uh, United Sports were and ZZYZX uh, with Dave Matthews. So, you know, they're kind of advertising trucks like Carolina Crusher and others that didn't run with U.S. Hot Rod. They're showing, you know, these cards that USHRA doesn't really have anything to do with. This is something you would never see today it's unfortunate because it's something really cool for the industry and it was helping get the word out about mtra as a safety organization but you know everybody nowadays wants to do things their own way and get their own piece of their own pie rather than kind of working together it's unfortunate but the segment itself is just great it's good uh good work here with with ken and mike you know getting the idea out and getting the word out through this little bit of a, a taped segment it's advertising done correctly. We'll put it that way. Uh, they also what got me was they showed Stomper's card, which to me was like a whole big red flag right there because that's a completely different organization's truck that they're showing on a USHRA broadcast. Like you said, something that we will never see again in the near future. It'd be like a NASCAR advertising for Formula One. I'd be like if they had, you know, check out these new trading cards we've got, and it's a Bigfoot card on the Monster Jam show now. It just it wouldn't happen. Um, Stomper, I think Marvin Smith's Stomper ran some non-TNT shows, but the Stomper 1 truck that they have shown in the card there, it was pretty much all TNT as far as I know and from what I've seen. And it's like I said, it's an interesting little clip here in what they showed. They could have stuck just with 
Bigfoot and Goliath and only the trucks that ran with U.S. Hot Rod. But I guess they were, had them for sale there at the show. One of the teams probably did. And I guess the producer probably passed the merchandise stand, saw them, and said, hey, we could do something with this. And they were selling these cards at a lot of shows back then. It was one of the only ways you could get them, as far as I know. They uh, they aren't that well circulated and as a result they're a little pricey nowadays i'm only five cards away from a whole set so i need to do some trading here soon to finish out my my whole collection yeah i've got some of those cards somewhere i couldn't tell you exactly what all i've got i gotta find them again but uh, i do know that i do have one up on mike galloway i do have the bigfoot card <laughs> well mike's got the bigfoot card now and he's happy Oh, yeah, I forgot. At the end of the segment, he gets the Bigfoot card. All right, well, I... Okay, so I have the Bigfoot card, all right? So if Mike Galloway he, wants another one, I know where he can get one. Galloway uh, gave the old uh, <laughs> sad face treatment to Ken Brew, and, and Ken gave in and gave him the Bigfoot card, which is what it's all about. Uh, Mike Galloway certainly a shrewd negotiator. Yes, yes, he is. He knows his business, and he knows advertising, and that's how we got this amazing segment that we got. Uh, here is a little bit of controversy, though, and this is something that almost irks me a little bit is the fact that we see Bigfoot and Barefoot lining up again against each other. So these trucks basically get to go out twice for a qualifying pass, while every other truck, it appears, only went once. Yeah, it's part of the whole show, you know. The whole spectacle uh, of the USHRA. And really, it's it's giving the fans what they want and what they came to see. They paid money to see Bigfoot and Barefoot. And by the same token, we're at a point now where Fred and Barefoot I mean, absolutely has his sights on beating Bob Chandler's Bigfoot team any possible way he can. And that's why they those guys are pushing the trucks so hard in that first qualifying run and just crashed into each other. Neither of them was willing to give an inch. And they both had, you know, Jim had orders, I'm sure, to go out and win and to beat Fred. And Fred wanted to go out and beat Bob's truck as well. So they um, I'm not sure, you know, what the reasoning was for the rerun other than the fact that they probably we're going to be the two trucks that we're going to sit out and the fans wouldn't like that. So they give them an opportunity to come back one at a time uh, without as much conflict and kind of get a clean run in here. And Bigfoot's going to run first here and he almost spins on the exit of the corner. Jim Cramer making a very rare mistake for Jim Cramer. Uh, you clocked him at a 15.02. Mike points out there's a little bit of liquid coming out from the front of Bigfoot right there. Could have some, some kind of damage from that uh, collision between him and Barefoot earlier. Well, here's a good way to settle a difference, and there was a difference when Barefoot and Bigfoot went at each other. Bigfoot and Barefoot kissed on the far turn. Bigfoot knocked for a loop, so they're going to do it again, Mike. They, they went the first time. It didn't really count, except in the minds of Fred Schaefer and Jim Cramer. Now, there's Fred sitting down the line, and uh, what a tag. But uh, Kramer is lined up. Let's see if Fred comes to attention. They will give both of them a rerun. Fred, of course, uh, there's Bear Bigfoot. Barefoot has those tires that we saw earlier this year, which are lighter, thinner racing tires. And you would think against the clock, there is a, a great shot of the tires. You would think against the clock, it would give the advantage to uh, Barefoot. If he can get the traction on this pavement, that is the key to it. Bigfoot's going to make a buy. Let's see how he does. He's in the turn hard. Nails the throttle, picking the left front tire up, and he spins out. Turns it back around. Uh-oh, he's in a little trouble. Trying to drive out of it, he does. Beautiful job of driving by Jim Cramer, but he was in trouble when he made the turn, and uh, there's liquid coming out of the front of it. 
it's very possible. I mean, that was a big collision, and it's a little hard to see on the resolution of the YouTube video that I'm taking a look at here, whether, you know, what kind of fluid's coming out, if any. But uh, Jim does what I'd call a, a fairly okay run. It's not really fast. Like you said, he over-rotates in the corner. Uh, I guess it was good enough to get him back into the show, though. And, you know, we get a replay here, and you could just see the truck is not liking handling on that concrete. I think, honestly, the tire pressures are a little bit low for what they need on this surface. The, the, the tire sidewalls are really laying over a bunch in the corner and kind of making the chassis unload and hop. And we've also got the fact that Jim doesn't really get squared up for the cars very well. He barely gets up on the cars, you know, to get over them, kind of yaws the truck over to one side real bad. It still wasn't pretty, but it got the job done in this case. Yeah, a little bit of crab walking over the cars never hurt anybody, though. Big Bigfoot solidly into the field right here. Then Fred Schaefer comes back out, and Fred puts on a really good pass right here. Honestly, I would say it was probably faster than the two runs we saw previously for AMPM Rocket as well as uh, the Skull Bandit machine. Fred clocks a 13.73 according to your time clock right there. But, man, what a run for Fred Schaefer. Really smooth as well. And to keep rivals separate, they're going to let Barefoot run on his own just like Bigfoot. There you go, Kim. Now, let's see how it works out. Boy, Jim Kramer had a tough break. Fred Schaefer not letting anything grow under his feet. Let's see if he can negotiate the turn. Good turn. And he does. He does an excellent style. He lined up. He's a jump. He's in trouble. He's off to the side. He drives it out of it. And yeah, just knocked that start and finish line over. Smooth run. The only thing that really slowed him down was he didn't really clear the car as much. They kind of hang him up toward the finish there. But he's looking a lot better in the turn. Fred must have went back in the pits and uh, put some old simple green on them tires before that run, huh? I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, it's odd to me that they would allow those two trucks to run again. However, we got to remember it's the spectacle of the USHRA. If this was a TNT event, you would not have seen that happen. You would have seen the top eight be the top eight. But here, Bigfoot and Barefoot solidly in the field. And what does it lead to, Matt? Bigfoot and Barefoot in round one. Yeah, it just so happens they're going to get this showdown again. After we get Fred's qualifying replay here, we see Ken Donay on the track floor with Fred and Jim. And then as the other truck owners come in to look at the bracket and who they're going to have to go up against in round number one, we see all of the guys come in, Rob Fuchs, and uh, Doug Spanier, Mark Bendler's got his helmet on, the the Golden State guys, and um, they all kind of then head their separate directions as we go to commercial, and we come back, and it's Bigfoot and Barefoot once again. Yeah, Bigfoot and Barefoot once again as they're going to make it race, race each other here in the quarterfinals. Ken really says he doesn't know what to expect right here, and nobody is going to lay back now, and he is exactly right. Fred gets a massive hole shot right here uh, as we go down the straightaway, coming through the corner, and on the exit... Man, they get so close to each other again, it's almost like they were about ready to bash rear tires this time, trying to avoid one another. Bigfoot corrects first, though, and Jim Cramer is going to sneak out this win by about a half a truck length. Back at the Metrodome, I'm Ken Bro. Mike Galloway is next to me, and uh, this is like old home week now because for the third time tonight, Barefoot and Bigfoot will square off. They did it once, had a little bit of an accident then did it individually to get the time. Both have qualified, and now again, side by side, we've got Fred Schaefer and Jim Kramer. There is Barefoot to the lower part of your screen, and Bigfoot is at the top of your screen. There is Fred Schaefer, who will drive Barefoot. 
And Mike, uh, I don't know what to expect now, except just all out, you know, nobody is going to lay back now. Anything goes, Ken. This certainly is not when they race against each other here. No way. You've got to just go for it. And they're off. Red Schaefer, a little bit of a lead, but watch the turn. That's the important part of it. Schaefer cutting it tight. Kramer's got it tight. Can they, they keep oh. him apart? So close. It's down to the finish line area. Let's watch the jump. It's going to be foul. But I believe Schaefer's in trouble. He pulls it out. This is what I, on quick thought, am going to call the 1989 USHRA race of the year because there is so much tension and so much hype into this single race. You know, all of the emotions that are flowing here in the Metrodome, we've had, you know, collisions. We've separated the two fighters and made them go one at a time just to get their qualifying runs in. Now they go head to head with all on the line and it's back and forth. Fred's got the lead. Jim's got the lead. They almost crash into each other yet again, coming out of the turn and they're both not giving up yet. Bigfoot gets over the cars. Fred puts the pedal down and launches. And as he lands, the rear steer kicks to the left and Fred doesn't even care. He's still on the throttle. He spins the truck out all the way over onto the pulling track while Jim, he's trying to get the truck shut out before he hits the, the construction equipment down at the end of the stadium. Yeah, and that's an example of Bigfoot and Barefoot racing for everything they've got right there. The USHRA is about the spectacle, and that race was certainly a spectacle. Both drivers almost wiping it out on the exit of the corner. They get back straight, and they give you the finish that they were hoping to give the fans right there. Uh, honestly, I think if Fred Schaefer backs off a little bit in that corner, I think he has the better run here. I think he would have had pretty much the same that he would have had in that second qualifying pass. But here, he's, and he knows who he's got in the other lane, and I think that gets in Fred's head just a little bit. He pushes a little bit wide. And honestly, same for Jim Cramer. He pushes a little bit wide, too. But when they correct, they're straight, they go to the cars, and it's basically mano and mano from that point, and Bigfoot goes on to take the win. Yeah, both trucks have what I would call a really good run. I didn't time them here, but the difference ends up being a half truck length on a very slippery track. And and that's saying something for these two true professionals going out and giving it their absolute all. In this case, Bigfoot uh, ends up coming up the winner. Interestingly enough, you know, Fred kind of had Jim's number a good bit through that first quarter. They met up a few times in different shows. And I think even in Jim's you know, Bigfoot's hometown of St. Louis and Fred's as well, really. Uh, Fred ended up kind of taking the overall event win there in the Checker Dome. So back and forth the whole season, the tensions are running high. Bigfoot gets this battle, though, as part of the entire war. AMPM Rocket and Evil Force right here. Something I found funny, we got a call back to 1988. It was 1988 when Hot Stuff Rex, we hear the phrase, where's Big Toe when you need him? Well, he's about a year late, except it's renamed to Evil Force. I never understood this name change, though, Matt. Evil Force for a giant tow truck. Big Toe seems like it fits perfectly. It makes you wonder, maybe there was a copyright issue or something with the name. I'm not sure. But uh, Evil uh, Force is, is the one here that we're going to be talking about. And it's obviously, it's it's Big Toe just rebranded. I think Evil Force was the name of Ray's towing service, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong on that, but I think that's his actual company name that he used for his towing company back home in, in Florissant, Missouri. Uh, at least it was on a business card or something that I saw at one point. So, okay. um, you know, it's an interesting, you know, name change for sure. I think the big toe name fits better myself, but USHRA 
Rays running primarily with them, and they did like to see something different every couple years, if possible. If you weren't a Bigfoot or a Barefoot, a lot of guys would change truck names, and maybe this was just part of that to help him secure you know, a couple more years of bookings. So he would run the Evil Force name for two years, and then he'd revamp the truck again into Invader for 1991. Rocket pulls out a small lead here down the straightaway over the the very much heavier Evil Force truck. Jim maintains the lead uh, going through the corner, and he really honestly increases it over the cars. Very smooth pass here for Jim Reese, and a very smooth victory. You could almost call it an easy victory for him. I don't think Evil Force really was in this race from the start. Yeah, I don't have much on my notes for this one. It's pretty much a clean-cut start-to-finish victory for the AMPM Rocket. It's a a good, smooth run by Jim, and he's going to move on to the semis. The AMPM Rocket against what used to be known as Big Toe, which is now Evil Force. you got to say Jim Reese may be a favorite on this one. Jim Reese, we saw out in Anaheim, go to the final round and win against Bigfoot in the final round, but crashing on the last round reese you know he's a builder of monster trucks has built about nine of these things and i'd say one of the premier young builders in america building for golden state out in california he's got it covered out of the hole let's see how reese handles it this track is so slick no matter how good you are you can be in trouble in just the blink of an eye reese has got a good lead over it will it go ahead and drive out and it does takes his time wins that one handily saving the truck i think that was a wise move on his part you notice kenny was backing out of the truck he looked over saw he had a lead and held the lead and held it well so he will progress on to round two heartbeat and master disaster right here this is a hometown hero right here for master disaster being from minnesota heartbeat though 1988 probably one of the more intimidating looking trucks on the circuit with that all black paint scheme now I don't know who he let paint it, but it's not one of my favorites as far as Heartbeat goes. It's a mix of black, blue, and pink. Interesting color choices right here, but man, I was always just so fond of that big black Chevrolet that when I saw this as a kid, I even I almost wanted to turn the channel. And I just no offense, I know people love this scheme for some reason. Me, I can't stand it. Ah, uh, for me, and and this is you know people are gonna be surprised. It's the perfect amount of purple on a monster truck here with the heartbeat for me. I think it looks pretty good. The black truck looked great too, but uh, the the heartbeat look this first version. Uh, I I really like with the darker stripes on the wheels, and the truck would end up going, you know, on its side in Arrowhead Stadium just about a month later at a USA Motorsports event, and then it would get rebuilt a little bit with a new body and a little bit different scheme that had a little more pink in it. So I like this one that has a little more of that black uh, overall because black on a monster truck is good. Yeah, and I agree. That's why I love the black truck, not this one. I just I couldn't get into that paint scheme. But Heartbeat is one of the trucks that was here the year before. Brett Engelman had, of course, uh, an issue in the final round against Bigfoot, looking to try and do a little bit better this year. Mike says the short wheelbase could play in a master disaster's favor, but Heartbeat's going to pull off a big hole shot right here. And what I really noticed about Heartbeat's run was this incredible power slide it makes through the corner. Doesn't quite get the exit, but boy, for three quarters of that corner, it's looking perfect for Brett Engelman. The other lane, though, we got master disaster, some smoke coming out of it. It's just not a really, I don't know what's going on with master right there. Uh, Something's definitely broken in the truck because it's not really performing up to master disaster standards. Yeah, the master of disaster, Doug Spain here from Albany, Minnesota. I think Doug's got a, may have a little bit of advantage on this race. You know, besides the horsepower, I'm going to have to get that to heartbeat. But the little short wheelbase truck, that could be a big advantage on this tight turn down at the end. Heartbeat out of the lead. He's caught him sleeping on the line. 
Can he keep it up? Oh, he's in trouble. It's skating on the back. Skating on the back, but he's, he's all right. He works it out. He's got it. Got it. Oh, man. He's got it. Heartbeat wipes out one of them. Oh. On the other side. And master disaster. A lot of smoke coming out of the back of that truck. But it's heartbeat that will move on. Yeah, he doesn't have the big power side of it for sure. And I, I'm with you on the power slide in the corner. It's the best first three quarters of a turn we've seen all night. I mean, Brett just throws the truck in and it comes around. And if he'd have been about another eight or ten feet wider, it's the perfect turn completely. It's uh, a really, really good run for Brett overall. Takes the win. And I like the camera work here and the editing job that the guys do. They keep the excitement up. Even though the race isn't that close, we go back and forth between trucks. We see the master disaster on the close-up side shot, kind of smoking, crab walking on its way to the finish. And then we have a quick cut back over to Heartbeat, pulling the front wheels up like a big grizzly bear and smashing down through the finish line pole, just shattering it all to pieces. Yeah, the first of Heartbeat's uh, highlight reel runs right here, I would say, for this 1989 season. As you said, the other one was the truck rolling over. But I always remember seeing that particular finish line pull smash in some of the quick cuts you see in some of the old USHRA videos and some old highlight videos that people have posted on YouTube. It's uh, it's just one of those really cool things. You see the power of a monster truck just eat a pole like it's nothing. Uh, I got to tell you, Brett Engelman looks really good out here. And honestly, out of the first round passes that we've seen so far, he looks the best. It's a good looking run. And, uh, you know, like you said, gets out of the corner a little bit sketchy, but not even as bad as some of the Bigfoot or Barefoot runs. And we can see, you know, we've got an eight car jump here and the trucks are really clearing, you know, five or six of those cars pretty much every single run. The far lane cars, number two, three, four, and maybe even five, they look untouched at this point in the competition. Yeah, whereas the year before, they had a stack of about, what, six or seven cars out there, and they weren't really making it that far over them. They were hitting about the fifth or sixth car in. Usually, here, they are just skying over these cars to the point that some of them could be used for future shows down the road if they really wanted to. It shows how much the sport has progressed in one year alone. We've gone from the year prior here in Minneapolis where a lot of the trucks are basically exhibition caliber vehicles where they're going out to put on a show and pull wheel stands and do car crushing. And now we're starting to see more of these trucks that are designed a little bit more with handling and speed in mind. You know, Master of Disaster, one of the first trucks to have a drop cradle and the four link, you know, suspension with the coil springs and, you know, the Golden State trucks, they were super, super fast Leaf Spring Stage 2 trucks for their day. And of course, Bigfoot 7, the latest iteration at this point, Bigfoot 8 still kind of in development and hadn't been started yet on the fabrication here in April, I think. I think they kind of started uh, around next month or so and they got that truck together pretty quick for summer testing and the Barefoot Racer, you know, the lightest truck on the circuit at this point. And again, that Taurus 3 truck's right around the corner from its debut about a, a month later in Arrowhead. Next race, we got Skull Bandit and First Blood right here. Out of these two trucks, the one that looks like it's probably going to be the one to win is the Skull Bandit machine. But man, never, ever, ever count out Rob Fusion First Blood. I kind of did when I remember watching this years ago. I was like, oh, well, we, we know who's going to win this one. I was wrong. Skull Bandit doesn't really have the greatest run right here as First Blood makes a slightly better corner and stays ahead all the way to the cars, and Skull Bandit's going to be put on the trailer in round one. 
Mike calls it ahead of time. And again, this is a live call, not anything that they could go back and record later. He says this may be one of the best races of the night. And he's and he's, he's not, right. He's not here. lying. He's not lying. But there is a little bit of an issue right here. He gets a, a, a good run here. Um, it's a close finish. And. Uh, this is where they start to, the, you know, having difficulty figuring out who actually won the race. Both trucks head over the cars kind of together. First blood, maybe a little bit of a lead, but I'm calling Skull Bandit the winner as they show the replay. He's the first one to the poles because Gary gets a much better bounce off of the cars. But the way that they say it on the TV show as well, I think first blood's rear tires touch down first, which, eh. Yeah, I That's don't even, I don't buy that. I don't buy that, that at all. Even that part's debatable, but you know, it if it's the first one to the end of the cars, you know, I could see maybe it's first blood by about a tire length and then Skull Bandit kind of goes past as Skull Bandit clears pretty much the whole set of cars with the rear tires and he catches the rear tires on the dirt ramp, you know. Uh, uh I'm I'm calling school band at the winner on this one i think he was the first one across the line bar none my heavens who are you going to pick on a winner on this one there's the beautiful school bandit truck that's another one of the jim reese built trucks gary doing the driving gary made one of the prettiest qualifying runs that we've seen tonight with this truck earlier but you've got can't count count out rob fuse out of woodstock illinois he's got first blood and this truck is so tough, and so is Rob. This is going to be one of the best races of the night right here. I think this could be really the race. We might see the winner come out of this set of uh, trucks right here because both of these guys are truly capable of winning. Well, I'd call it a dead heat going into the first turn. The bandit truck taking his time. First blood, a little bit of a lead. Can he hold up with it? First blood's got a lead. Look out. Oh! Oh! Whoa! Yeah, and honestly, when I look back at the race, I agree with you as far as that call goes. I don't understand. And honestly, I think they went back and they were like, wait a minute, we've got to say something here because this this race just doesn't look like First Blood's race. But yet First Blood ends up being the winner. Um, I think they had to go back and they had to basically make something up to make it sound like, well, that's that's how we determined the finish was the rear tires came down first on First Blood. And even in that case, they're wrong. <laughs> but... I got to tell you, it was yeah. a heck of a race. Rob Fuse ran him extremely hard. And honestly, just by looking, this is the first time I remember really ever seeing First Blood in competition. And just by looking at the truck, it almost looked like, eh, you know, it's kind of a pushover. But boy, when he comes out here on the track, he lays one down. And honestly, just, just to even get it out there, I think that he really showed that he could be a force to be reckoned with just in this race alone later in the oh, season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rob definitely pushed the truck hard anytime, you know, he was on television. I mean, that's the only time I've got to see him. I unfortunately never got to see him drive in person, but he always was a competitor. And even if you go back to War of the Monster Trucks, I think Rob Fuchs was was robbed himself there in that wheelie freestyle competition they did. He attacked the cars harder than anybody and uh, didn't end up getting the win. But every time that Rob got on TV. He absolutely capitalized and made the best of it and really impressed me pretty much every time that truck was on the big screen. Yeah, like we said though, here it was a kind of a bad call. Skull Bandit's gonna end up going on the trailer. Not sure exactly what happened there. Uh honestly, you know, one more thing we can throw out there before we move on. Maybe and just 
throwing it out there. Maybe Skull Bandit broke, and that's why First Blood came back, but this wasn't relayed to our TV announcers. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, we weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened. but Exactly. It's, spe- it's just speculation, but that yeah, could have been one thing. It could, it could be. Um, but again, they're kind of calling this live, so I think they're kind of getting information as they're seeing it on their monitors and trying to come up with a justification for what came over their headset as to who was the winner. You know, um, Either way, First Blood is going to the next round. He's going to face Heartbeat in the semis. Yep, and Bigfoot's going to have AMPM Rocket in the semis right here. It's a rematch from January in Anaheim where Rocket won but crashed extremely hard, as we said earlier in the broadcast. Bigfoot's got a small lead in the corner here, but Rocket makes a better turn, and Bigfoot really has to uh, stomp on stomp on the brake to keep from hitting him. But Kramer then puts it through the floorboard and just sails past Rocket over the cars, taking almost a full truck length victory here. But Bigfoot's got a really bad landing. Kind of, it does the same thing that Bigfoot. Usually when Kramer was driving anyway, it seems like that left front always wanted to tuck and hit those cars when it landed, and it just stuffs that left front tire in. And when it does, it looks like it appears to have broken a suspension component, and then that rim that had suffered damage earlier in the night uh, seems to give way, and Bigfoot's tire starts to deflate. There is the rocket. The rocket will be at the top part of your screen. At the bottom part will be the uh, Bigfoot. And, uh, Mike, they have seen each other once before. We can go back so many months, almost a year ago, when the two of them met in Anaheim in a competition similar to this. The Rocket came out the winner on that one, but crashed on the final jump. So this is a rematch of the final round of competition. There's Jim Kramer watching the flagman on go. Who will it be? The Ford has got a little bit of a lead. He's got the throttle hard. Can he can he bring it around? Can he bring it around? What's gonna happen? Oh, watch it. The rocket is in a little bit of a lead. Jim Kramer makes it all up. Oh. But he oh the left front took the beating on that. The left front tire must have moved six to eight inches when he landed. Look at I it. think he's wiped the left front out on it. I think the left front is wiped completely out on Bigfoot, and there goes the tire down. And in an ironic twist, it was the AMPM rocket that won that match in Anaheim but could not continue because of a wreck. Exactly. Now it is Bigfoot who has won the match but will not be able to continue because of the wreck. It's really unfortunate because Jim makes a heck of a come from behind jump here. I mean, he sends the truck almost completely out of the Metrodome. It uh, he clears all the cars completely, clears the dirt ramp, and lands with the left front straight into the concrete floor. And Bigfoot Seven, I, I've talked with Jason Rona about this a good bit. That Bigfoot Seven is one of my least favorite Bigfoot trucks for this reason. It has a a fatal design flaw they tr- were trying to get more suspension travel and better handling out of the truck but that came at the cost of a lot of axle wrap so when the axle would compress and the, and the springs would compress if it wasn't dead center left to right the whole axle would wrap up under the truck like this and it happened in pontiac in march it happened at the uh, bigfoot 5000 show in indianapolis in the fall of 1989 and it happens here in april where the left front just completely pushes all the way back into the cab of the truck and the cab in this case punctures the tire and i think the suspension honestly is probably okay it doesn't look like he has a drive shaft broken or anything but 
punches a big hole in the Goodyear tear tire, and they don't have enough time to get this thing ready to go for the finals, which is unfortunate, and it's going to put Bigfoot out for the night. I don't know. The way they show that replay and that thing digs into the ground the way that it does, that tire is just kind of flopping back and forth. Something else broke in there. There's, there's no way that tire is moving that much without something else breaking inside that vehicle. Uh, you really don't get a close-up of it. You really can't tell exactly what it is. But, man, just to talk about Bigfoot's night, this just it seemed like it was going to be a Jim Cramer kind of night. We've seen these races many times with Jim Cramer. He almost he doesn't look like he's the quickest guy there, but when the racing actually starts and the bracket kicks in, here's Jim Cramer, and the GOAT has arrived. And this is one of those races where it really shows off Jim Cramer's driving skill. Jim does a tremendous job here, not only with the big finish jump, you know, from behind, but avoiding the contact with the rocket truck as they come through the corner. Jim, you know, slides a little bit wide, but I honestly think that, uh, well, that's Kramer I'm talking about. Now, Jim Reese, uh, he slid equally as wide, and the two trucks almost met in the middle right there behind the banners. They get them collected up, and it wouldn't be the first or last time that Jim Kramer and Jim Reese, you know, kind of tangle on the track. A couple years later in Anaheim, a big collision there between Bigfoot nine and the ecology eliminator causes even more controversy between these two. And, you know, the top USHRA runners, they're going for broke every time out that they are next race heartbeat and first blood right here. Uh, Mike says that, uh, excuse me, Mike says Rob's got the lead going into the corner. We see heartbeat stall in the corner though. And just like in 1988, the truck stalls out. And Heartbeat's going to end up not being able to go on to the finals this time as First Blood takes a pretty much an easy win right here. And unfortunately for Heartbeat, it flatlines. Can't pick a winner in this. It's just too close. Here we go. Rob out with a little bit of a lead as they go early. Rob has got a good lead. First Blood with quite a lead over Heartbeat. Brent has got problems. The Heartbeat truck quit. The Heartbeat truck shut down. So it's First Blood First continuing. Blood. First Blood to the finals. Yeah, yeah, the heartbeat's dead uh, this night in Minneapolis. And Rob uh, has an okay run, you know, kind of just smooth. He crab walks up to the cars a little bit, but I don't know if he would have been able to beat Brett if Brett had the kind of run he had the the run prior. Um, but either way, First Blood kind of gets a free pass here into the finals. At 11.15 p.m., we see on the ticker up at the top of the stadium wall, uh, these shows definitely ran a lot later back then than they do now. Yeah, I mean, they had so many side acts just leading up to the monster trucks. The monster trucks were considered the main event by this point in their history. But, man, 11.15 p.m., that is uh, that's a little bit late. I can imagine some people were getting home about 1 or 2 in the morning after this race. And some guys like us that travel hours upon hours sometimes to see shows, they're not getting home until the next afternoon. Yeah, and, you know, we had Vori in there, too. I'm not sure where they put that in the uh, in the program, but I was checking out some newspaper ads for the show, and Vorian was there as well. I think they had a, another stunt plan. So there's a whole slew of action here at the Super Bowl of Motorsports for the USHRA here at, at Minneapolis, which has now become, you know, a marquee venue for them throughout their lineage in all these years minneapolis is always one of the big stadium shows and we get the news that bigfoot not going to make the finals we see jim kramer talking with john pyant and one of the ushra officials in the coveralls there and uh and some other people as well and jim goes to run and, and get his helmet and kind of call it a night but in between 
couple youngsters want an autograph and Jim obliges as a true professional, takes the moment and uh, signs those kids yearbooks for him, showing what a true class act that Jim is. Puts a smile on his face. And even though his night didn't go as they had hoped, he's still, you know, doing what he can for the fans to make them happy. Mike, the discussion there uh, just off the track, Jim Kramer apparently had thoughts about uh, trying to fix the truck as quickly as possible or at least get it to a point where it could compete. But it looks like uh, he's going to call it a night. I think the truck's injured severely. Yeah. I think he's got damage to a wheel. He's busted a shock on it. Uh, also, I saw some fluid licking out of the radiator area. So I think uh, I think Kramer will probably put it to a halt. Look at that. Now, there's a very gracious gentleman. You know, it, it's, you know, been everything... tough, it's been a tough night, too. He had the kiss with uh, barefoot that did some damage to his truck and uh, he had a trouble coming off the cars a couple of times and now this still has time for an autograph though well just goes to show what kind of class jim kramer has exactly and i think everybody knew bigfoot was there by that semi-final round race everybody knew hey you know what kramer seems to have got this thing figured out now if he would have made it into the final round one can only imagine what bigfoot would have done in the final uh, against whoever had won the next race. I got to tell you, though, I was really looking forward to it and fortunate for the tire pop. We go into uh, our final round, though. First Blood and AMPM Rocket. Out of this field of trucks, I mean, and, and if you go back and you look at this field of trucks, it seems like it's one of those fields where just about anybody can win. But I don't know that I would have picked First Blood to be in the finals. Rocket, yes. First Blood, not so much, like I said earlier. But I got to tell you, First Blood draws First Blood and gets a heck of a hole shot right here on Reese as Reese swings way wide in the corner. Almost doesn't even look like he has rear steering on the vehicle. He comes so very close to colliding with the First Blood machine here. But I got to tell you, Rob Fuchs stays calm, cool, and collective, goes right across those cars and steals him a very big victory here on the USHRA circuit. Yeah, it looks like Jim had no rear steer there. That or he was trying to power slide the thing through with front steering and it didn't work. I'm not sure what exactly happened, but the rear wheels don't really move. And the two trucks almost, I mean, they may have even just brushed just a little bit. But you could see that that was all on Jim's side because Rob is all the way up against the pulling track. He runs over a... Uh, a drop spreader that I'm sure had, you know, flour or something in it and then kills a fire extinguisher right there on the side of the pulling track. It explodes underneath the tire of first blood as Rob then corrects the steering, gets it back straight and heads over the cars for the big, big victory in a stadium show here for U.S. Hot Rod Association. Well, this is what they call the final act. This is the grand finale. Top eliminator. Top of the heat, Jack. It's first blood who has come on from a big win over Heartbeat and the Skull Bandit to take on the AMPM Rocket. Not the winner in the last set. That distinction went to Bigfoot. Bigfoot cannot answer the bell, so it's the Rocket. And it's Blood out of the hole with a good hole shot. Rob Hughes wants this one. Jim Reese has got other ideas. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, my, my heavens, Reese. Just could not bring it around. Reese had that one in the bag, but the dust, it's Rob Fuse winning it with first blood. Reese will come back kind of anticlimactic at the finish. But Reese found the problem that's been seen several times here tonight, and that is the dust on the floor. But there is the man of the hour. Your winner tonight, your top eliminator, is first blood. 
And, you know, looking back at it, when we look back at that semifinal race with Bigfoot and Rocket, Rocket kind of pushes similarly. It makes you wonder if he lost rear steering before the semifinals and then just goes into the finals knowing he doesn't have it. It's very possible. Um, you know, Jim had kind of a rough night overall. He was you know, able to get na- through the brackets. Is, if your name was Jim, you were having a rough night. <laughs> yeah, rough night for the Jim and Jim show. But, you know, Reese gets through the brackets okay and has a couple smooth runs early on. But as you said, has a little bit trouble as we get down to the end here. We we come back and we see Rob Fuchs as the winner talking with Mark Bendler and Fred Schaefer here. He's the winner of the Battle of the Monster Trucks here in the Metrodome. And uh, a big TV win, you know, for Rob. And and he was able to, I think, trying to remember if they awarded him the 1989 Rookie of the Year uh, award, I think, in 1989. Um, I believe he got that. And then Rob Morris and Four Wheel Crazy got it for 1990. So Rob, definitely an up-and-comer here on the tour, you know, for these big stadium shows, the circuit of champions for USHRA. So from what you just said, it sounds like the gyms were having an absolutely atrocious time here in Minneapolis, but two guys named Rob did pretty good for themselves later down the road. Of course, we're talking Rob Fuchs and Rob Morris. Yes, indeed. Uh, man, man, we had a, re- this was a really good show. Uh, in pre- previous competition, the, is the show competition better than the previous year? Yes. Is the broadcast team better than the previous year? Yes. Is the racing better than they had the previous year? Yes. However, that one huge drawback for me is we go back and we talk about this whole bracket. Uh, I didn't like the fact Bigfoot and Barefoot had two di- two separate qualifying passes to get into the show. Well, nobody else had but one. And uh, I really didn't like the fact that we didn't really we didn't see anything of Kodiak and Mr. Twister. Really, all we see is Kodiak kind of hanging out in the back, and we see Mr. Tri- Mr. Twister's front clip. And some of the the passes that they focus down on this right-hand lane closest to us in the camera angle. Uh, I wish that we could have seen all the qualifying. I don't like it when shows basically tease us with a couple of qualifying passes. I kind of want to see what the whole field did. And right here, prime example of just not getting everything on the broadcast. I felt like they could have done away with some of the stuff on the broadcast to make sure the Monster Trucks got full exposure, my opinion. Yeah, you know the monster trucks weren't a hundred percent of the marquee then. I mean, they were certainly gaining in popularity, but they were kind of on even footing with the, the pulling at that point. And of course the Bud sports broadcast was primarily featured, you know, with the pulling in these cases, this is one of the bigger monster truck shows that they covered throughout the entire lineage of these Bud sports shows. You know, they dedicated a big portion of the broadcast to the monster trucks where normally they would focus even more on the pulling and show more of those four-wheel drive runs. But, man, a lot of action here in the Metrodome. Uh, a tremendous job by all involved, you know, from from Ken and Mike on the on the microphone there. The, the camera guys did a pretty good job. Whoever edited put the show together, I liked. You know, like you said, it's a bit unfair that Bigfoot and Barefoot get a second chance, but they're the ones that are drawing the money and getting people in the seats. So I can understand that aspect of it from a show perspective because you know this isn't a point series they're not doing anything other than racing for pride really um i'm gonna go ahead and give this show a seven out of ten on the basis of we didn't get to see some of those races like you said you know we 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 got two trucks that didn't get any exposure at all and you know a questionable call there with first blood and Skull Bandit that I, I don't really agree with, but overall the production itself is tremendously entertaining for me. I love the Bud Sports broadcast; they're my favorite USHRA events from that era. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I will say, though, as far as Bigfoot and Barefoot coming out for uh, round two and qualifying and then racing again in round number one, I loved, loved the story of that. I just hate that they kind of get a little bit of an unfair advantage out there. I know that the trucks are on the money, but to me, that's it's a little bit of an unfair advantage. It's almost without it, though, we don't get that story. And I love that story between those two teams racing so hard and then one of them making it to the semifinals and should have made it to the finals. But because of the story that we had earlier in the night with the trucks colliding, it ends up being a truck that we don't see go to the final round because of the breakage. And that's Bigfoot. So that story follows you all the way through to the final round, really between uh, well, Bigfoot and barefoot. Should he have made it to the final? If you're saying, you know, he shouldn't have got the second chance. He wouldn't have made the field at all. Exactly. That, that was another point I was about ready to make. Uh, it's a story that that probably shouldn't have happened, but I'm happy it did. We'll put it that way. I agree with you on the seven out of 10. That's exactly what I was going to rate it as well. Uh, honestly though, just a fun little entertaining show, even if it has a little bit of a flaw here and there. I love Ken and Mike Galloway, or excuse me, Ken Brew and Mike Galloway up in the booth. They just, they bounce so well off of one another, and we get those really one-liners. Uh, my favorite one-liner of the night, though, between Ken Brew and Mike Galloway, though, was that loose change <laughs> analogy. Uh, it's exactly what I have when I take Mike Galloway out to dinner. Loved it. That's it. They're they're true professionals up in the booth. You know, Ken, as we've talked about before, uh, a legendary sportscaster in the Cincinnati area. He's been on TV forever. And Mike Galloway, boy, if you've ever met Mike in person, I was thankful that I got to do so when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. When you hear, you know, Mike's little ornery um, sayings that he does on TV, he's got it dialed back to like 30% compared to how he is in real life. Mike is so entertaining, has amazing stories, and always has everybody laughing around him. So I hope we get to see him again someday, you know, if he is able to make it back to the Hall of Fame because he's a true legend. And I feel he's, you know, been kind of underserved in how important of a role he's played in this industry over the years so great job to all and uh you know next week uh, make sure you tune in we're going to be covering monster trucks 2000 the new thrillinium on upn so be sure to tune in for that uh do you have any commercials josh before we wrap it up today no nah, no commercials i just got to tell everybody be tuned for monster trucks 2000 and we got to say it always every week matt we'll see you again on the tracks across america barefoot you trying to do a heartbeat analogy right there because that's what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs>